started uh, right now. You guys have a good week thus far? Awesome. Let me, uh, I don't have a whole lot of time this evening, uh, so let me just kind of get into this and just give you what's on my heart and uh, I believe that God wants to continue to speak to us. I believe that he's already speaking to us. Wasn't worship awesome? Thank you guys for leading us. We need leaders in our life. We need leaders in our life. And, and we're going to be talking about that tonight. And uh, that's why we have this worship team to lead and to lead us into the, into the presence of God. I started a, I started a series a couple, uh, actually three months ago, called The Genesis of Leadership. And today I'm going to conclude it, but I, I, really, I really feel like there's just something special about what God's wanting to say through this message in the time that we have together. So I don't want to, I don't want to uh, uh, you know, uh, waste words. I want, to, I want to get into it. So let's start with Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Wow, that, that's, that's a huge amount of revelation there if we grab hold of it, uh, that we're made in the image of God and his likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Say, I'm blessed. And then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the earth, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so there's three things that we uh, discovered in this whole, this whole uh, uh, er, uh, these, these scriptures here. There's three things that we discovered. First of all, that we were created to be productive, and that was the first thing that we looked at in the week uh, that we started this series, is that God created you and I to be productive. We got into that. You want to go back, you can listen to that as, as, as great. Uh, secondly, uh, we were created to be, well, first of all, it says we were created to be productive. The Bible says be fruitful and multiply. And so God wants us being productive in our life, in every area of our life. Secondly, we were created to be influencers. Scripture says that we're to subdue this earth. He wants us to influence everywhere we go. How many believe that believers ought to be influencers? Uh, We ought to be influencing those that are around us for his glory, for him, for what he wants. That we ought to be intentional in our influence. We ought to be building influence in the lives of other people intentionally. Not to misuse or abuse, but to uh, do it for the glory of God. So we discovered that. Thirdly, and that's, this is where we're at today, the Bible tells us to have dominion here on this earth. God wants us to be leaders. He has created us to be leaders, every one of us. I started out talking about the worship team. They, they did a, a fabulous job at leading us. They are doing what God created them to do, and that's to lead. That's one area. They lead in different areas, but that's one area that they lead in. did a fabulous job, don't you agree? leading us, leading us in the presence of God. I'm so grateful for leaders in my life. Aren't you? Leaders lead us places that we need to go in the things of God. And so we need, all of us need leaders in our life. And, uh, and so, you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, uh, 
uh, King Solomon when God says, hey, I, I, I'll give you anything. What do you want? And, and he said this, and I just, I thought, what an outstanding thing. And God honored it, and he blessed him with so much more than what he asked. But in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, he says, Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well. Govern, lead your people well, and know the difference between right and wrong, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? Who's able to do it without the Lord? Nobody. We need God's help in governing the Lord. So I, there's so much that could be said about leadership. Don't you know that we only have a few minutes together? And so it's like I was struggling with this. It's like, what do you want to say to us, Lord? And so I honed it down to just one area. But I'm going to tell you, these are there's some, some primary areas that leaders function in. And I want to give that to you real quick. Leaders feed... Leaders equip, leaders lead, leaders oversee, and leaders protect. And the last portion that I I just felt in my heart to talk about is what leaders do that that, that we need to focus on tonight is they protect. Yes, we know that leaders feed. We, leaders ought to be feeding. We ought to be feeding. We got fed tonight the Word of God prior to me even coming up here. Uh, we were fed, okay? Leaders equip. We equip people for the works of the ministry, for what God has for them. We lead. We set the pace. We, people follow. Uh, Paul says, he said this. He says, follow me as I follow the Lord. And so leaders lead. And then they oversee. They oversee the ministry. The Bible tells us that we are to oversee as leaders. And then what I want us to look at is protect tonight. And so the time that I have with you this evening, and this uh, little bit of time that I have with you, I want you to see what it means to protect, that we are guardians of certain things as leaders in our life. And so I want to talk about this first of all. That leaders are guardians of the anointing. We guard the anointing. Don't you know that we cannot do life without the anointing of God? Jesus, when he did his ministry here on this earth, the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and as a result, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed with the de- uh, oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. He was anointed. There was an anointing. An anointing needs to be protected. And there's ways that leaders can do that. We can protect the anointing. Um, let me just say this. We We need to all understand that we need to all understand that uh, that we're all anointed. Every one of us is anointed. Anointed destroys yokes; it removes burdens. The anointing, the anointing, has the ability to do something that we can't do. We need the anointing in our life, whether in ministry, whether in our family, where wherever we are, we need the anointing of God upon our life. And and if we don't watch it, we can. That anointing can get snuffed out and, and, and kept back from being manifested in our lives and through our lives. 
And so we need that, we need the anointing of God. So Jesus was, he was full of the anointing of God. Don't we agree with that? But yet there were times when the anointing was hindered. I'm sure that he protected. I mean, we, we can protect it in our own lives. We can't, you know, we can't help what other people do. And there were places and there was times where, you know, it says here that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But then I'm going to tell you, there were certain situations where Jesus couldn't heal all because the anointing was hindered. And it was hindered because of the attitudes of people. We're all leaders. I'm talking to leaders in this room. Amen. If you're a Christ follower, you're a leader. Therefore, we all need to be protectors of the anointing. I want to just talk for just a little bit about how to protect the anointing so that the anointing flows. Now, Mark chapter 6, it tells us that Jesus said a prophet is not without honor. In other words, he has honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, he could not do any mighty work there except he lay his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And it goes on to say, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Now, the anointing of God was hindered there. It was hindered because of a lack of honor. One of the things that we can do to protect the anointing as leaders is hold honor at the highest level in God, to, to God and to one another. I had a, uh, in one of our team meetings, uh, our last team meeting with Bobby and Vicki, I had just a short moment with them. I brought them, uh, well, I brought them in. They came to my office, and, and one of the first things that I did is I said, guys, I just want you to know that I honor you. I honor you. I appreciate you. I love you. Forgive me if I've ever not expressed that honor because I want you to know that I honor you. And, uh, and, and Bobby uh, responded, one of the responses that he said is he said, you know, they're, they're low maintenance, low. And sometimes, here's the thing, sometimes when you're, you're low maintenance and, and, and low drama, you can be overlooked. It's, oh, it's easy to overlook somebody and not give them the honor that they, that they need. And I just, I just felt like I needed to say, I honor you. I, I wanted to do that for a couple reasons. One, I want to honor you guys. Two, I want to protect the anointing that we have. Because God's doing something here. I don't know if you know this, but God's doing something here at our church. Uh, Pastor Ron and his wife, I, I said, hey, listen, I want some honest I want some honest feedback. What is it? This is your second time being here. What is it that you sensed? What what's going? He says, "You guys, you guys." They didn't. He didn't say rocking, but that's my word. Y'all are rocking. But he said, "You guys, you you guys just doing a a great job." He says, "You guys are." He says, uh, "I've always heard it said, and we try to do that as a church that you uh you lead your church." Uh, you lead the church that you want, not the church that you have. He says, you guys are, you are conducting yourselves as, a, as if you're leading a, a church of a thousand at least. 
And he says, you guys are doing just an awesome, awesome job. And I, I, I attribute that to our team, our dream team. Uh, you guys are just fabulous, wonderful people. You're leading in that way. You, I believe that m- most of us, if not all of us, are protecting the anointing. That's why it's so life-giving here and people's lives are being changed. You know what I'm talking about. And so just thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. But it, it has to be protected. And so what, what kills the anointing, what kills it is familiarity. And it's interesting. Here I am. I've already prepared the message. I go online. I'm listening to Pastor Robert Morris, and he's talking about honor. Isn't that how God is? Yeah. It's like uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. And he, he just confirms it, and he's talking about the anointing. Then he pointed out something that I didn't real, realize. He says, familiar, familiarity, the root word of familiar is family. That we have a tendency to be over-familiar with people that are closest to us and therefore not honor them at the level that we need to. And, the, and I'm, I'm just determined that that's not going to take place in my heart. I am I, I'm just at least not intentional. I'm going to try to honor everybody around me, especially those that I've done life with for long, long, and ministry with for a long, long time, like Bobby and Vicky, Rachel, and various others that I've done that. My son, grand, my, son my grandson, he's not been there a long time. Six, he's, he's, he's a cool cat, though. <laughs> His whole life, <laughs> his whole six years. But anyway, um, and so I'm just, I'm working at it, guys. I'm working at it. We need to protect the anointing so that the power of God is not being snuffed out in our lives. Are you with me? So we're guardians of the anointing. Secondly, I just want to share is that we're guardians of the, of the people. I was thinking about this. Uh, we've got to guard each other. We've got to guard the people. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 28 through 31. Uh, again, Paul, his, you could hear his heart cry. He says, therefore, take heed of yourselves and to the flock. I had never, I had ne- have never seen this, even though I've read it who knows how many times. He says, take heed to yourselves and to the flock. Guard yourselves. Guard the flock. Guard yourselves. Guard your, the flock. Let me tell you, if anybody would lo- love to destroy what God's doing, it would be the devil. And, and we've, got to, we've got to guard each other. We've got to protect each other. Guard yourself. Take heed of yourself and to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. It goes on to say, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Let's continue. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul says, listen, this, this is a nece- necessary thing that we guard 
ourselves, that we, we, be protect, we are our brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper. We need to protect. One thing that I, I am is I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a prayer. I'm a man of prayer. And I'm constantly praying. I pray for all of you. I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for you. I'm seeking God. Sometimes I get a burden for somebody. And I, I mean, I, I just, I just, this week was one of those weeks. I, I just, it was just a challenging week. And, and I just went into a place of prayer and just prayed and, and, and just been in prayer all day today. I fasted all day just, just praying. Didn't know exactly what all to pray, but I prayed in the Spirit. Thank God that I can pray in the Spirit. Thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit that enables me to pray in the Spirit. And so I prayed, I prayed a lot, a lot, a lot in the Spirit today because I just know that there's an enemy that's out there that's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Even though Jesus' heart and desire and passion for us is to give us life and give it, give it to us more abundantly. And so I, you know, we've got to guard each other. We, we leaders are guardians of the people. We're mindful of our, brother, our brethren. We're mindful of the people that we're leading. And then also be mindful of your leaders too. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew twenty six thirty one, Strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. If the shepherd could be, if he could be uh, brought down, then the, the sheep are going to be scattered. We need to protect each other. We're people, leaders of people. Amen? Amen. And so we protect each other. And again, uh, John fifteen thirteen: greater love has no one than this, than he lay, uh, lay down one's life for his friends. We need to be willing to, to do whatever it takes to protect each other. You got it? And some of you thinking, how do we protect? Listen, we're people of prayer. You know, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but, you know, principalities and powers. And, you know, we're, we're, we're in a spiritual warfare, and we need to be people praying in, pressing in, pressing in uh, for each other. Thirdly, leaders are guardians of the unity. We're guardians of the unity. You know, there's a spirit of division out there. There's a spirit at work in this world, a spirit. I, I, I first of all, was going to call it anti-unity, and that's true. It's an anti-unity spirit out there. There's an anti-church spirit out there, an anti-Christ spirit, if you will, out there, that is trying to do everything that it, that, that it can to destroy unity among, among the people. If, if, if that spirit can achieve it, or spirits can achieve that, they, they have won. Are you with me? But we're an unstoppable force when we're united together. It's interesting that Pastor Bobby quoted this scripture because it's one that I have. I say it's interesting. He's led of the Spirit. I'm led of the Spirit. So here we go. John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who, who will believe in me through, this, through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given to them, and they may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, 
and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Wow, powerful, 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 powerful. There's such power in unity. The Bible says that we are to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The Bible says in in, uh, Psalm 133, I'm not going to turn there, but it says that God commands his blessing upon that unity. How pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There is power in unity. Let me tell you something about unity. Unity is difficult to keep. It, 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 it's devil, that I, I believe that's why the Bible says make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And let me tell you what uh, comes in. It usually comes in not big, through some big division or anything like that. It comes in through little seeds, seeds of discord. And let me tell you where those seeds usually come. Not necessarily from other people. Sometimes those seeds come in from the enemy just into our thoughts. And I'm telling you, I have to wrestle those seeds, those seed thoughts of disunity. And I have to fight against those seed thoughts. And let me tell you, if those seed thoughts are not brought captive to the obedience of Christ, they will grow into a harvest and begin to produce division in our life. And that's where the enemy wants it. We are one. We work as one. We talk as one. We flow as one. We, we speak as one. Amen? And, and let's work at that in a, in a house. Let me tell you, division in a house. We need, to spot, we need to spot the spirit behind it. When you start bickering and there's things that are taking place, you need to say, oh, I see what's happening here. The devil's coming in and he's trying to cause division. I'm putting a stop to this. I'm a leader in this house and I'm going to guard the unity in this house. Amen? And it may happen through a seed thought. That seed thought will come in, and 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 it and you know the enemy he'll just keep watering it, and it'll just keep growing and growing and growing until it produces fruit in our life, produces a harvest. So let's put a stop to it. Leaders protect the unity. Fourthly, leaders, and I close with this: leaders protect the uh, our guardians of the vision. They're guardians of the vision. I was asking my wife about my, you know, my glasses. I'm, I'm nearsighted. And I said, well, you know, why do they call it nearsighted? Because I don't need my glasses to see close. I need my glasses to see far. Yet they call it nearsighted. I, I don't, it's kind of, to me, it's backwards. Isn't that right? And so when I take off my glasses, I mean, when I take them off, you guys in the back are blurred out. It's like you're, you're just blurry over there. And that's a good thing, I guess. And, and, and let me tell you something. What happens when I put my glasses on, I can, see, I can see a distance. And many people are nearsighted. They're nearsighted. Most people are nearsighted in that they can see up close and they see only what's around them. It's usually more self-absorbed, where can be more self-absorbed. And a, and a leader is a guardian of the vision, helping people to see beyond themselves and see what God's wanting to do in our church, in our community, in our world. That's what we're here for as leaders. 
leaders, it, it takes work to do that because most, all people lean towards being selfish. All people do that. And so we have to work hard at, first of all, us not being nearsighted and also helping others to not be nearsighted to be able to see what God is wanting to do. Amen? I hope that's good. I hope. I, I, God wants us, he wants us, to, he wants us to capture what it, it is that he's wanting to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, you've probably heard me quote this. It says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name or the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you in the church. When it says among you, it means in the church but that you be perfectly joined together. That word perfectly joined means to be united together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That word judgment also means purpose. And so we're to be united together in the same purpose. We are to not have division, but to be singular in vision. And it takes a leader to protect the vision because there's all kinds of competing interests out there, competing things that compete uh, against the vision that God has for, for us corporately and even for people's lives individually. I see people chasing all kinds of things that, that's going to end them up hurt in their life. They're pursuing things that are, uh, that are not God. And they're pursuing things that are, are, are not healthy. They're pursuing things that are, uh, that's only going to leave them uh, uh, wishing they, they weren't where they were, where they landed up. Amen? And so we need to do that. And so I, I just, I just want to close tonight by, by saying we're guardians. We're guardians of the anointing. Guard the anointing. Guard it. Let's start that over from the top there. Uh, Rosie. Oh, it's there. Never mind. We're guardians of the anointing. We're guardians of the people. We're guardians of the unity. And we're guardians of the vision. Amen? Amen. Amen. And as, as, we, as we do that, I believe that God's going to continue to do some outstanding things, not only in our church, in our families. And just in our community. And I, I believe that where, where we go, God's going to show up without reservation, without hindrance, without restriction. And that we're not going to limit God in our life. Instead, we're going to see God manifest in a, in a very powerful, powerful way. Will you believe God with me? Can we do this together? We're a team. We're a body. We're united. And as a result, we're going to see God's power flow through our lives. Amen. Father, we thank you today.